It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vikings playoff path and a wide-open NFC and a new injury update on big names as the trade deadline comes and goes. We're breaking it all down, and it's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode. It's Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. This is your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. Tuesday, Reg, I missed yesterday's show. I assume our guy Sam Ekstrom filled in beautifully for me. How'd he do what I miss? Yeah, man, I'm glad you're back because he was coming for your job, man. You got to watch oh, yourself. No. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to get Wally pipped, man. Watch out. Hey, did you guys dress up for a Halloween show? Did you do anything fun or special last night other than then, you know, hand out some candy at your place. What'd you guys do? No, didn't, no. didn't do that. Low but key. there is a story up on CARE 11 right now of me and Jana Shortall going through a haunted house. And <laughs> I saw it. It's for your, your it. entertainment purposes, <laughs> purely. Yeah, you had to play fullback. She kind of just hid behind you most of the time and made you go first in most of those rooms. That's funny. Got to check that out. Lots to get into. But first, remember, follow along Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. End on Twitter. Give us a follow. It's at Locked On MIN. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson show, you got the football party, and more. Your one stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five star review. All right. Reg, we usually like to start the show on a high note, but today, unfortunately, it's with a heavy heart. I must share the breaking news. Just moments ago, it was reported Adam Zimmer, son of Mike Zimmer, former linebacker coach for the Vikings, has passed away. The announcement made by his sister, Corey Zimmer, this morning broke the shocking news. As of now, no details have emerged, but it goes without saying, we're all deeply saddened by the loss. Adam was a fixture here in this community during his tenure, he brought so much love and kindness both on and off the field. He was currently working for the Bengals. I'm sure they're going to issue their own statement here shortly, but Reg, just such terrible news to start the day from a family that did so much for this state and fan base for so many years, not just on the field, but off the field with things like the Zimmer Foundation. Yeah, it's tough, man. So I have a friend um, who covers the Bengals, Ben Baby for ESPN, and uh, I was just chatting with him, just Trying to figure out what happened, man, because, you know, he's been with the the Bengals as an offensive analyst um, after, you know, obviously spending so many years with the Vikings. And he wasn't sure, but he said, you know, he hasn't really seen him around in a while. And so it's it's a it's an interesting situation. The Bengals just released this statement saying our organization has had the privilege of knowing and working with the Zimmer family for 15 years. We have the highest regard for Mike and Adam, and we are incredibly saddened by this tragic news. Mike and Adam were more 
than just coaches for us. They were friends. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Zimmer family at this time. Mm. Yo, it's it's just kind of crazy because it just seems like yesterday you're showing up at those press conferences every week, you know, and, and Adam Zimmer is is talking about what they're doing on defense and, and things like that. It's just it's just sad, man. Mm-hmm. You, you just never want to hear about things like that. 38 years old, man. Like Horrible. And, and this morning is just heavy, man. I don't know if you saw the the rapper take off from yeah. Migos. He was yeah. shot and killed. What's in going Houston on, this morning. Mm-hmm. Hey, this, it, man, it, it's just a reminder of how fleeting this life is. It, it can be just mm-hmm. a vapor. You know, mm-hmm. one one minute you're here and the next is, is, is not, is not, it's not ever promised, you know, day to day. So you, you just, your heart goes out to the Zimmer family. You know, they've endured loss before with Zimmer losing his wife. And this is just, this is just awful. His, his sister, Corey mentioned that in the Instagram post and how much he was a rock for her. 38 years old, man. It's just so young, way too soon. No, no parent should ever have to mourn their mm-hmm. child and, I can't imagine the grief and the pain that Mike Zimmer is in this morning. We're definitely thinking of him, praying for him. And, um, man, just just unbelievably sad. Well said. Uh, we'll share any more news that comes along our way. But until then, like you said, Reggie, our deepest condolences and prayers and well wishes to the Zimmer family. No easy transition, obviously, from tragic news like that. But... To football, we must go. I'm sure you and Sam broke it all down in typical fashion yesterday. I need to relive some Victory Monday vibes that I missed out on. So biggest storylines in the Vikings 34-26 victory over the Cardinals Sunday. Give me your just top one or two storylines from a game that, I mean, let's face it, it had plenty of wild and dramatic play to choose from. Yeah, so obviously Zadarius Smith, you know, coming big Mm -hmm. with those three sacks, getting hurt. He said he, you know, he fell on his knee a little bit. You could see him kind of limping around in the facility yesterday. I don't know if you saw the Halloween video of the dietitian scaring all the guys that they posted on Twitter and Instagram yesterday. Um, Zadarius comes limping through, big dog limp, walking through the facility. She scares him a little bit. He puts his fists up, and everybody's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Should we be worried about Z? And it's just like, no, nah, I mean, I feel like it's just typical – I just played a game yesterday. I'm I'm a little banged mm-hmm. up type thing. But to come back after injuring his knee and deliver one of the two walk-off sacks yesterday to to close the game out big time. And he's been he's been everything that they could have asked for since coming over to this team. And he's really just kind of setting the tone on defense. You know, Daniil Hunter's gonna get involved and get his sooner or later especially if some double teams maybe start coming towards the areas, but they're moving them around a lot and just putting them in different places to succeed. And that that's, that's exciting to see if you're a Vikings fan, because he's getting home a lot, eight and a half sacks. Like the dude is a monster this year. And so that's a, that was a big storyline for me. Also Dalvin cook. I was saying yesterday, we were talking to Dalvin after his game a couple of weeks ago, the last home game. And he was upset, even though he had two touchdowns. He was upset because he felt like he could have done more in the rushing yardage category. Well, finally, he breaks through, gets that 100-yard game, and now he's feeling good, feeling better. 
And so that was a that was a big point of emphasis. Seems like Kevin O'Connell found something with that running game. I think, you know, the offensive line played well, but also, you know, that Cardinals defense was a little porous as far as stopping the run. So we'll see if they could continue that forward, you know, in Washington this weekend with that run game. That would be very beneficial for them, especially being on the road, having that run game kind of neutralize the defense and kind of take out the crowd. Yeah, the NFL is so fluid week to week, like so many ebbs and flows. And as media, I mean, we tend to overreact, maybe put too much stock into what's happening lately. But having said that, I'm glad you brought up Zadarius because he's got to now be in the discussion as maybe one of the best, if not the best free agent signings of the offseason in the entire NFL. Leads are as tied with most sacks with eight and a half, as you mentioned. Quarterback pressures, he's up there as well. And he's only costing the bikes five and a half million on the cap this year, while your division rival pays him nearly two, three times that right now on their cap. So Sunday, you're right, he took over maybe the MVP of the entire game. That was storyline one for me and I think a lot of people. Number two... Patrick Peterson and Jordan Hicks, the revenge game factor, their level of play they both brought to the table was a huge catalyst in that Vikings victory. And the things Pat P said after the game, letting out some serious frustration and steam on his former team and Steve Kime, the GM specifically, it got a little wild and bizarre. I'm not going to lie to you at times. Talking about they would leave letters at his locker from season ticket holders saying he was washed up. He tackles like a girl. He's soft. He's too slow. So on and so on. And he's like, why would you give me these? What's the point in giving me these or showing me these? So I understand the frustration. And it's funny, now through eight weeks, he's been one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Passer rating allowed, pass deflections, touchdowns allowed after so many said he was washed up and too old. And it's funny, I'm sitting there in the fourth quarter, turn to my buddy, I'm thinking, all right, game's coming down to the wire again. Who needs to step up? Well, the defense played great all game. I know they gave up the most points they had all season, but still, they played great against a really good offense. And DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, multiple sacks, multiple turnovers, multiple splash plays. Can't really ask a lot more from them. The offense, you look at the scoreboard, they put up 34 points. I can't really ask a lot more from them. Even the special teams, they had a huge splash play turnover on that muff punt. So I didn't know who realistically I was supposed to ask even more from at that point. But point is, total team effort Sunday, some outstanding complimentary football. And I think at this point, we just have to accept the fact. This team's 6-1. and one. They're not playing their best football. But this is who they just might be. They play well enough to win every game. It takes all four quarters to do so. They're not blowing out any teams. And you just got to endure a lot of roller coaster up and down dramatics to get there in the process so kind of is what it is six and one having fun though moving on vikings win into sunday's game maybe the healthiest team in the nfl call it the new training staff or new program call it just luck call it whatever you want but going into that game only one guy in the injury report jalen naylor they leave the game however with some big names dinged up dalvin tomlinson could miss some time he's got a lower body injury along with irv smith jr sounds like he's got a high ankle sprain typically those are about three to four weeks on average if tomlinson misses some time sounds like they'll go with the rotation James Lynch, Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Bullard. Tight end, however, they're down to just Johnny Munt. Ben Ellison can't even come back from the iron until week 10. Reg, just your thoughts on the injuries, first and foremost, which one kind of worries you more. And with the trade deadline approaching later today, any last final guesses as to which, if any, moves they could make to bring in some help here? They might have to. You know, you think about the, the tight end position, and that was a position that we were just kind of like, 
<laughs> like we were a little we were a little on the fence as it was, especially with Irv still coming back from the injury. And you're like, okay, is he gonna be healthy? And then he comes back and then they're featuring Johnny Munt. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, Johnny mm-hmm. Munt scores his first ever NFL touchdown on Sunday, which was really cool on a play that was designed for him. But they do need a little bit more. You look at how the Rams used their offense with the tight ends when they had Higby, when they had Gerald Everett. They really feature those tight ends in that passing game. And they also need their their tight ends to to block, which Johnny Munt was primarily that type of a guy in Los Angeles. And so I think they are gonna have to try to make a move. I don't I don't know that you're gonna find what you need on the, the free agency tip, but I, I they're gonna have to try to do something because just having Johnny Munt is not gonna is not gonna cut it. They can try to, you know, elevate a guy from the practice squad and, you know, maybe roll there. They seem to be content with their tight ends. I don't I don't know. Maybe they know a little bit more than we do. Um, maybe KLC feels like he can just overcome that. But that's that's a, a position where you, you know, you think about it, especially with Kirk Cousins in the past. Tyler Conklin scored two touchdowns on Sunday, and that was that was Kirk Cousins' guy last year. Mm-hmm. especially when Irv went down the first time. And so, like, he prefers and enjoys throwing it to the tight end. And so I- I'm interested to see what they do there. Dalvin Tomlinson is a huge, huge loss for this team. Huge loss. And I think um, that's something that you're just like, okay, like you you try to, you know, get the rotation going and, and all that stuff. I don't know if this is now the time where you see if you can kick the tires on a guy like Sue coming in and, mm-hmm. and seeing what he can bring to the table. This is interesting. This is interesting for Kevin O'Connell because, you know, he played it right during the preseason, played it right during training camp. This Vikings team has been largely one of the healthiest teams in the league, but because of the nature of the sport, you can't stay healthy all year. And inevitably, these injuries have happened to some key guys, mind you. And so now we're going to see what KLC can do as far as, you know, just using the depth that he has and, and overcoming some of these injuries and still trying to, you know, get these wins going because it's not easy. It's not easy overcoming some of these injuries. Other teams have been hit way harder than them, but this is one of those other adverse moments that is going to really show, you know, how he overcomes. Can he still just continue to keep this team winning in spite of? Irv Smith, probably out a month-ish. I mean, just rough timetable. Ben Olsen, he can't come off the IR until next week. You're left with Johnny Munt. And then on the practice squad, you got two tight ends. Nick Muse, the seventh-round rookie from South Carolina, and Jacob Hollister, former Seattle Seahawks tight ends. Things just look and feel mighty different when you're sitting at six and one, because now all of a sudden, if you're the front office and coaching staff, you just need to sit down and have a serious conversation about, is this a time to push our chips all in and try to make a big swing at this deadline and add someone that could help put you over the top? It's a wide open NFC this year. We say it all the time. And you should have the division, by the way, locked up by the time you're still putting up your Christmas ornaments. This is a rare possible Super Bowl 
small window that they're looking at if they play their cards right. So it's just a matter of if there's anyone available they think can make them that much better for the asking price. And you got to remember, too, they're already down a fourth and a sixth round pick. So Kwesi mm -hmm. would probably have his work cut out for him. End of the day, though, you got to assume bringing in at least a tight end, like you mentioned, for depth purposes has to be the A topic at TCO this morning. Mike Gusecki just comes to the top of my mind. If you're able to get him for a late day three pick, I'm punching that all day. Why not? Weekly tradition on the show going through ESPN's latest power rankings. Despite the win, Vikings remain at the five spot. Still entrenched in that kind of second tier with the Cowboys ahead of them. And then the Ravens, Dolphins, Seahawks, Niners right behind them. Bills, Eagles, Chiefs remain in that top three in the upper tier all alone. Reg, it's the most wide open we've seen the NFC in years. We always talk about it. Rodgers and Brady, it was always them as of late. Dak and the Cowboys, McVay and the Rams, Niners and Shanny. All those were powerhouses, so to speak, the last two, three, four years. This year, outside of the Eagles, feels like anyone's chance to just get hot and make a run here at the end. Thoughts on the yeah. Vikes in the top five once again. And which teams outside of the Eagles in the NFC scare you the most once the Vikings do indeed get into the playoffs? Yeah, so you, you're kind of looking at it, and they stay the same. The Cowboys are ahead of them, which, you know, whatever, you know. Whatever. Pick your poison, I guess. Um, and we'll see them coming soon. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to see who is the better team. But, you know, I think the – here's the thing. We talk about the six and one record. You are what your record says you are at the end of the day. And, you know, Kirk Cousins talked about how last year he felt like the team was a really good football team, but for some reason in those close games, they just couldn't pull those out. And he felt like they were a team that could do some damage um, if they were able to get into the postseason. But you got to win those close games. You can't lose these games to the Browns and the the Lions and and think that you're going to, you know, get in. And so that that was the problem last year. This year, I was listening to Kirk Cousins and he was talking about how, you know, they would love to pull away when they have a lead, but he feels like during his time in the NFL, this is just how it is, how things have evolved. And you look at it, these other teams are, you know, that the Raiders got shut out on Sunday <laughs> and you're like, excuse me in this, in today's NFL, when you got Josh Jacobs, you got Devontae Adams, you got Hunter Renfro, you got all these weapons on this team, and you get shut out in the NFL? Are you kidding me? What? And so I think when you when you look at the Vikings and you just look at how the NFL is going, like any given Sunday, man, any given Sunday, Brady's been getting beat left and right this season by teams where you're like, really? Like, they don't even – hold Brady's jockstrap like what is going on why are they beating the Bucks? but like this is just kind of what happens I do think like you know the teams ahead of them have had better defensive performances maybe they aren't allowing as many points or as many you know yards to opposing teams you look at the the Cowboys you look at the the Chiefs you know the Chiefs are also allowing you know a lot of points but they are also putting a lot of points on people you know, the Bills, they look darn good and their defense is playing better. And so I think that's probably one thing that you look at. You know, we did a, the Take 11 on Sunday on the um, the Viking show that we do. And 
that was that was eye-opening seeing how many people were just kind of waiting on this other shoe to drop because the Vikings have not played a game where you're like, wow, like this team is something else. But like they keep winning. So it's just like, well, like, is this just how how it's gonna get done this year? And I think that is probably the the thing that just kind of gives you pause if you're you're wondering like just how good this Vikings team is. You really haven't seen them put together a dominant performance. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, you look at some of the other teams outside of them, the Niners, the Seahawks, um, who else in here? You got the the Giants in here, which I really don't believe in them much. The Seahawks kind of made them look like how I thought that they would look. And really, honestly, any other team beyond that, you got the Bucks, you got the Rams, they're playing the Commanders, they got the Packers in their division. Like, I would probably put the Vikings over all of those teams if they continue to play how they've been playing. And so I, I think really it's it's kind of like Philly. You know, you think about Dallas, you think about maybe the 49ers, especially with the firepower that they have. They just put it on the Rams on Sunday, like this team is dangerous, especially if Jimmy G is not going to be throwing erratic (laughs) throws and and turning the ball over. That team is going to be scary as well. But other than that, like nobody really scares me. I don't necessarily believe in the Cowboys because somehow, some way, they always find a way to blow it. But I I think the, the Vikings have a good a chance as any to make a splash and make a run in the postseason if they keep up this type of play. Totally match up and agree on that. Cowboys, they're good. I get it. They always shoot themselves in the foot once the lights get bright. I'm much more scared about the Niners, man. Now that they mm-hmm. got C-Mac, you give Shanny guys like C-Mac and Debo and that offensive line and Brandon Ayuk. I'm telling you, man, there's going to be points now during the rest of the season that you look at that offense and as a defense, you just say, okay, there's just nothing we can do about that. <laughs> like, I, we just need our offense to just go blow for blow here and match up because mm-hmm. defensively, there's just nothing you can do to stop C-Mac on one side, Debo doing things on the other. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. They scare me the most, and I know it's early, I get it, but an Eagles-Niners-NFC champion game just wouldn't surprise me in the least. That would make for an epic kind of chess match as well. Vikings have won five in a row, three-game division lead now. The entire division, NFC North, lost. Vikings own the biggest division lead of anybody in the NFL. Reg, if I would have told you eight weeks into the season, the division leaders in the NFC are the Vikings, the Falcons, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. What would you have said to me? Like, no way, right? Like, you're kidding me. Right. Vikings, Falcons, Eagles, Seahawks. Eagles, okay. Vikings, oh, all right, 50-50, but didn't see that coming. Falcons and Seahawks in the South and West? This NFL is just wild, man. And a lot more NFL to play, I get it, but this season has been quite a roller coaster for a variety of reasons. Last couple here real quick on the Vikes. Greg Joseph, what's up? Another miss extra point. Brutal. It was rough. Another miss field goal that was blocked. Brutal. But let me just play devil's advocate here real quick before I give you the spotlight. Field goals he's missed this year. 56, 56, 56, 53, and 51. Most kickers on average are hoping to hit 50%. Every other on 50 plus. I know he's 0 for 5, but still, he was money in the London game. You know he can do it. You know he's got the leg. It's the extra points that honestly worry me more than anything else at the end of the day. Your quick thoughts on Greg Joseph. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, especially too. He's missing these extra points as well. Like you're wondering, like what is going on with this guy? And you know, you look at him after the game, and he's he's kind of moping around a little bit. His girlfriend was trying to take some pictures with him on the field, and he was totally not into it. But he was being a good sport anyway, especially because they got the win. So you can't be you know too too mad about that. But really weird, especially last year, you saw. He was banging these 50-plus yard field goals. It was the ones that were inside of 50 that you were just kind of like, oh, Lord, sweet baby Jesus. But he – I think he's going to get it together. You know, at one point this year, he was NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, and so I think he's going to be okay. But it is a little concerning right now. We're getting into our Gimme One segment coming up next. But first, Vikings now 10-1 to to win the Super Bowl after that 6-1 and start. Moving up from 12-1 to coming off last week. Justin Jefferson 25-1 to to win the MVP. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it. They got it. NFL, MLB, NBA, even MMA and UFC. Bet Online makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And you can now find us streaming, by the way, on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app and enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right. Wrapping up here today's Tuesday show with our favorite new segment called Gimme One. Gimme Reg, give me one unsung hero from Sunday's victory. We talked about Zadarius, Pat P, a couple guys on the offense. Who are the guys that maybe didn't get the spotlight and love they deserve, but still had a huge impact on Sunday's victory? All right, I'm going to say it quick because I know we got to go. I'm just going to go Kirk Cousins, got the touchdown on the first possession of the game, and he just continues to make plays when it matters most. Got to give it to Kirk Cousins. Still no 300-yard game, but... He's still just doing what he needs to do to get this team in position to win. Yeah, rock solid from Kirk. The running game was outstanding. I'm going with Daniil Hunter. Still not collecting the stats, but I'm telling you, he's opening up a lot of things, specifically in that front seven for guys like Sedarius Smith. All right, that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow with another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five star review find us now streaming on your roku or amazon fire stick devices just look out for our locked on sports minnesota app there as well that's reggie wilson on twitter at reggie wilson tv and check him out every night up on care 11 i'm luke inman on twitter at luke underscore spinman special thanks to our producer matt the brits tune in tomorrow to superior sports talk part of locked on sports minnesota for reggie i'm luke until tomorrow signing out be blessed spread love today
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.